Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. You gotta get to the point where you let go. I think if you wanna go from 60 grand to 200 grand, the fastest way to get there is to get other people to help you and let go of some things, right? This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I am Edwin Frondoso. Welcome. How are you doing? How's your day going? Thank you for taking the time to join me today. This is episode number 86, and my guest today is Ryan Gill, the CEO of Camino and and a serial entrepreneur. Gill is a thought leader on the sharing economy, and he was featured at South by Southwest. He's the author of two books, Community Inc. and Fix. Break the addiction that's killing brands. He's the past president of Cult Collective and the co-founder of The Gathering, a celebration of cult brands held in Banff, Canada each year. He credits his dad for his generous spirit and is a dedicated husband and father of two beautiful daughters. In our conversation, Ryan explains what the communal community is and how it assists entrepreneurs in finding other entrepreneurs who can help them execute their ideas. Ryan explains why he thinks it's essential to to stop worrying about others and to focus on yourself. And lastly, he shares how he was able to 10x his earnings. Our sponsors today are Pungal, a business payment solution that helps remove business payment friction by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Ryan. Thank you. It's uh, just for the viewers, just to air some dirty laundry. This is our second time through, Edwin. I know, my gosh. <laughs> I, I was, you beat me to the punch. And Ryan, I do appreciate it. For those who are listening, not viewers, because Ryan does have an amazing viewership in terms of the video content he puts out there. Um, for podcasters listening, I had lost three interviews. And unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, Ryan, uh, Ryan's, Ryan's episode was one of them. So I'm really grateful for your time, Ryan. And thank you for, for airing that dirty laundry and just, just, just putting me out there like that. My pleasure. so uh no i think this is going to be good um because because i think things has changed in both our lives and i think i think this might uh might bring out some newer stuff as well that's great let's do it cool so ryan let's just start off i guess by introducing to yourself to to the listeners today tell us who who is ryan when he is not growing scaling or educating business leaders just, just my personal life. Who am I? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a small town kid from a little town in I guess city in Ontario called Brockville. I'm not sure how many listeners know where that is. That listen to your podcast, they probably drive past it on the 401 uh, on the way to Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa or Montreal from Toronto. Yeah. Stop in sometime. It's a jewel of a town. And uh, but I, I yeah, I spent uh, 18 years there my first 18 years mm-hmm. of my life. Uh, and then I, I did a bit of, I always tell people I moved to Toronto because 
they actually don't know where I actually moved to Bowmanville, which people don't, don't know where that is. So I tell them it's Toronto, which is a bit of a lie, but I, I moved <laughs> there for uh, a year and worked a couple jobs. I was, a, I worked in a, a move. Uh, I moved away from home just because although uh, my day one friends are still my day one friends, I needed a different influence in my life. I had really great friends, but then I had bad influences. I'm sure the story is the same for everyone who's kind of made it out, if you will. I needed mm-hmm. to get out of my circumstances. Uh, nothing particularly was bad. Just I, I just think I needed a new set of friends and surround myself with some other people. So I moved to uh, Bowenville and took two jobs. And uh, I was moving during the day, really early in the morning. I think it was like five or six in the morning. I wake up work a full day of moving, which even looking back now, I'm 42 or 41, I forget what I am. Um, I just, <laughs> I could, I don't think I could move for an hour, but move it all day uh, long. And then that night I would go work at Wendy's in the evening. Uh, and the reason why I worked two jobs is because I also wanted to get my younger brother out of the city. He was dealing with some issues with the law and things like that. And his friend group wasn't there. So we got a uh, basement suite and I worked two jobs. He was still in high school, so he got into a different high school. And so I was helping support him. And uh, that, that's that's me. So I don't know. It's like I moved from Brockville to Bowmanville. I'm a uh, second child of four boys. And then uh, now I'm a father of two girls. And uh, hopefully one more. I'm pushing my wife for one more. Um, we'll see. Uh, and then uh, I, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by – I have a great core group of friends uh, personally and in business. And so I, I'm just a very uh, blessed, lucky guy. And, uh, and so it doesn't mean I don't have struggles and I don't have hard hardships, but at the core, uh, if, it, if it was all fall apart, uh, as far as business wise or, uh, in my professional life, I feel like I'd be okay. Cause I have a great, um, personal life. Well, it sounds like you, uh, you know what was going on early on, and I'm really happy to hear that you know you were trying to help not only yourself but help your your family as well get out of yeah. some tough situations. So that's that's pretty huge. Ryan, can you tell us about Communo, your current roles, and and what you're trying to accomplish over the next uh, let's say six to twelve months? Yeah, so right now I'm I, I actually have uh, significant shares and stake in a in multiple businesses before. Currently, I'm the chairman and founder of a big event called The Gathering, which mm-hmm. people, your listeners might know, but it's a global event bringing together the world's most courageous brands and their leaders, uh, CEO, CMO, founders, give basically TED Talks, pull back the curtain on how they built these cult-like brands that people not only like, but love. What is it called? The Gathering? It's called The Gathering. It's called the Cult Gathering and uh, it attracts a couple thousand people every year. There's a music festival attached to that. Anyways, that's a side note. I, I've actually stepped away from that business. I just act as the chairman. It's running on its own. I also uh, am the founder of a successful uh, marketing consulting firm that, again, I've stepped away from and I act as the chairman of that now and I provide advisory uh, services to them. I'm still a major shareholder in that company. And then uh, I have a uh, crypto mining business that's kind of taken a hit the last little while, but I'm I'm bullish long-term on crypto. Uh, I think it's got many years to mature. And then I have a small media company that we're running here. And then, but my main job every day, so I I don't like, I like to say I put 80% of my time in Communo. I put 100% of my time in Communo and the other stuff is beyond 100%. Um, And Communo really is my baby. It's a 
market network. It's not just a marketplace. What I use that word carefully. I don't know if you're, do you know what a market network is or should I explain it? I think you should explain it. I mean, I, sure. I have, I have an understanding, but maybe some, someone listening may, yeah, may so not. Marketplaces are things like eBay or those types of things, uh, you know, um, Upwork, those types of things where you just, you know, you can go and buy and sell things or buy and sell services. Market networks really have three major pieces to them. And that's what we're building at Communo. And, and Communo is specifically for marketing and advertising professionals and for agencies, uh, PR firms, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a closed network, no clients allowed. It's really a true co-op or guild of, you know, you got to be in the industry to be part of it. And so essentially uh, when coming back to the market network thing, a market network is you have the marketplace, you have a social network, so you can build community and actually build real relationships, not just transact. Then the third piece is some sort of SaaS or workflow product attached to it. So you can actually do the work within the platform. And so that's a market network. And uh, I don't know if that's too geeky. How would, your- but how, I mean, I, just for an example, in terms of a marketplace, because I know there are many of the listeners out there who totally understand it, but what would be the ideal person who's coming into that and and why, why would they do that? Into communal? Yeah. Yeah. There's four, there's four different types of members that join communal. Uh, the, the, the first, first type is what I like to call rather than a freelancer. I call them a, or we call them a solopreneur, a very important distinguishing word. It's an intentional word. Uh, there's nothing against freelancers, but we're looking for solopreneurs. Solopreneurs are looking to build a business, not just to sell their time and mm-hmm. you know make 80 grand a year. They're looking to scale themselves. And so the communal platform is for those type of people. If you're just looking for gigs and coming into – uh, you, you should go look for a marketplace like Upwork or something where you're just getting work. Uh, solo openers join Communo because they don't only want to get work. More importantly, they want to give work and take on more work and have a network of people that they can count on to say yes to their customers all day long without the worry of scale because they have the scale uh, platform in Communo. So that's solo openers and they need to obviously be you know, one or two person shop, probably a one person shop uh, in the marketing and advertising creative digital field. So you could be a web developer, a PR person, a designer, a videographer, a writer. Uh, so that's the first, I guess, cohort or persona that's on our platform. Mm-hmm. The th- other three are pretty simple. The r- other three are all agencies, the PR agency, uh, advertising agency, a web development agency, you name it. Uh, there's 43 different disciplines that we look at. And they're either a small agency, so two to 10 person, a medium-sized agency, 10 to 50, 10 to 100, we call a medium-sized agency. And then enterprise agencies, the big firms like a Critical Mass or a McCann right. or an Omnicom type shop. Make sense? Yeah, 100%. I appreciate you sharing that. I just want to get a big a different understanding in terms of that. And, and now that you're building this, Ryan, like what are you hoping to do? Because it's been up a while, a while now. So what are you trying to yeah. accomplish now? Yeah. So we, we tested it for ourselves the first year. Uh, last year, we kind of built it up to, or I guess our first six months, we built it up to about hundred pain members. We had a, you know, MVP, uh, if you will, of the technology and the membership base. And over the last year, we've grown it. This is exponential. It's crazy, but we've grown it to 28,000 members Wow! Uh, uh, globally. And uh, I'm actually 
you know, over the next three months, we're going into a series A raise of about 10 to $15 million raise mm-hmm. to help build uh, the platform even more globally and, and add more uh, machine learning and AI into the, into the platform. So it can really help these uh, entrepreneurs, these business people um, be able to scale quickly. Cause again, the essence of Communo is I can either go to Communo to the platform in the community to get work because there's deal flow going through there. Our goal is to have about a billion dollars in deal flow running through the, the platform by 2022. Uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, but then you can also go there to most people go there to get talent. And the difference between us and Upwork or other ones is it's a vetted community. It's not, you can just join and start getting work. No, we, we want true professionals. Uh, we're, that doesn't mean you can't join if you're young or, or if you're, you know, or, or it's just for older people or more senior people. No, because oftentimes projects require junior people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want those junior people to be uh, well vetted, have a good reputation and do what they say they're going to do. Trust and speed when you, is what people need when they use platforms. And so uh, ours is highly vetted and making sure that the people on the platform, number one, are vetted by my staff at Communo, but then they're vetted by the community at large. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it sounds, it's, it sounds really exciting. It sounds like that could be like the future of work, right? It, it has to be. Um, and I'll tell you why. I don't know if we'll be the winner or someone else's. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a realist. I have big visions and I'm optimistic about the future of community. We just bought a, we just bought a company. We'll be buying some more companies as we do a bit of a roll up here to try to establish global dominance in the space. Um, but the, so there's good, someone's going to win in this, in this, this race here. Um, and it, it has to be the way, like I go back to my point, it has to be the way work goes because the talent in agency and in, in, you know, and basically in service business, when it comes to creativity, they're starting to realize they don't have to, or don't want to work in an office all the time. Sometimes they want to, but they want that freedom. Um, and so they're, they're on mass. I think uh, in the U S 40% upwards of 50% of people are going to identify as either a freelancer or solopreneur over the next few years. So there's this huge wave of people going out on their own. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other perfect storm is that clients and customers of people that are on communal agencies, so the, the Procter & Gamble's or the Pepsi's or the Coke's or the Home Depot's of the world, aren't signing up for long-term. In our industry, they're called uh, agency of record deals, Okay, uh, Edwin. And so they're not signing up for three, five, ten-year deals anymore. And so what they're signing up for is more project work, even the big guys. And the projects might be six months, one year, one month. How do you manage as an as an agency that volatility? Because one month you might be billing seven hundred fifty grand, but the next month you might be billing twenty five grand, and you have full time staff. So what used to be a huge asset, agencies would brag about. We have seven hundred people, which they should have bragged about because they needed that to attract the big clients. Because those clients looked at that as an asset is now a huge liability because. There's no long-term deal. So that's a bit of a perfect storm. The talent, which is basically the product in advertising agencies, marketing agencies, is leaving because they want to go out on their own. And then, so their product's walking out the door. And then their buyers are saying no more long-term deals. So 
both of those things are driving the industry to say we need to be more contingent in our workforce. So it is the fir- it is the future of work. Definitely. Sure. Well, perfect. Whether, whether whether Camino wins or loses, I don't. I can't tell that. I hope it's us. I think it'll be us, but someone's going to win. Well, I'm betting on you, Ryan. You and Camino. <laughs> Me so, too. And I'm Me putting too. it out there for sure. Uh, <laughs> and make sure <laughs> make sure you remember me when you guys win. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, just want to change gears as well because uh, I always it's for the podcast. It's always interesting to you know hear more of your journey and how you've grown as not only an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, but but also a business leader. So I'd love it if you could share some some difficult or maybe one or two difficult decisions that you had to make that was really tough for you, you know. But looking back, it actually allowed you to to grow as that uh, the business leader you are today. Yeah, I think I'm making them today and I've made them in the past. Uh, I think I'm getting better at making difficult decisions right away. Mm-hmm. I think that's the advice. I won't give you a specific thing. Like, well, I'll maybe give you some specific ones along the, the path. <laughs> okay. but, but I think just being able to make this difficult decisions right away. And um, it doesn't mean – actually, they're still just as hard. For instance, we just uh, acquired a company – through Camino, a company called Local Solo out of Vancouver, uh, last week. Uh, There's obviously capital outlay of cash and shares, etc. Uh, but with every you know action like that, there's collateral damage on the other side. As a startup, you have to be really managing your cash flow and things. So uh, we went out and bought the company. We uh, acquired the company and all their members, but we also looked at two of their senior leaders, and we we acquired those. Uh, in the acquisition that these two new leaders uh, from the old company would come into Camino and, and run our Vancouver office. So we did that. Um, I was, I had my eyes wide open that everyone's excited about the acquisition, but I knew on the back end I'm going to have to let some people go within our company right now. And so th- it was a tough decision, but as soon as the deal was done, mm-hmm. the very next day I let those people go. I didn't wait around for it. It seems maybe inhumane, but it's actually very humane because if I know they're not going to be around next week or two weeks or a month from now, um, or even six months from now, I'm wasting their time by keeping them around. And that's just unfair to them because time is, you know, a precious commodity to all of us. And so, uh, I, I just move fast on people issues now and, and it's difficult, but I, I think those people that I either have to let go or cut at times when they look back at me, we do it in a really humane way. And I try to help them land softly, but that's something I've learned over the years. What used to be really tough for me, I actually look forward to those tough conversations. Yeah, and it's really important. And I love how you mentioned that you're not only wasting your time, but you're wasting their time, right? Yeah, I mean, right. you, yeah. I mean, let them get on with their lives, right? <laughs> because you already yeah. know, you already know what's happening in the back end. Yeah, it's just unfair to to do it. So um, we try not to have like the uh, you know go get your box and clean up and escort them out security type thing. We try to be human about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, those are difficult decisions. I think another thing, uh, some difficult things I had to do in my life is I think um, sometimes you have to disappoint people that are close to you in what they think you should do with your life. Early on, and I, I, I was uh, funny enough. It's even it makes me chuckle. To think I was going down the path of seminary and, and me and a minister uh, two decades ago, and I just can't even imagine me. I have a too foul of a mouth to be <laughs> a, a start. But um, I remember walking away from that career path 
uh, nothing against those people that went down that. I just don't have a, I don't have a religious bone in my body now, but I was deeply into it. I remember when I walked away from it, I had to tell my, my parents and who I deeply respect that. And today that, Hey, I'm not doing this. Uh, I think it was like of the grant Gill grandkids. Uh, I think there's seven, 18 of us and like 15, 14 of them were like full time in like some sort of religious capacity. So right. I was definitely going out on my own. Um, but it was, it was uh, interesting to go and just disappoint my parents to say, I'm not doing that going forward. I'm going to go into business and go into advertising. This is a couple of decades ago now. And, and they, they had to, that was hard pill for them to swallow, but I, I had to start with, and I, I've lived this out in my life now. And even in my content online where you, you got to worry about pleasing yourself first. Right we're so worried and I still struggle with what other people think of us and what's my boss going to think, or what's my girlfriend going to think or boyfriend or husband or wife or family members. It's usually the people that are close to us that we're trying to live up to. It's even worse when it gets into social media where people have opinions of you and you actually care. And you have no idea. I, about I, I don't think you should, I don't think you should not care, but you should care more about what you think about yourself than what they think. And so those, those are big things, early lessons for me when I stepped out on my own that, have played me well to this day that um, I just care more about what I think about myself than what other people think. If you're enjoying this conversation, have any questions, comments, or feedback, please join me on my free private Facebook group where I share daily insights, answer your questions, and connect you to other like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash f B group or search for the business leadership group directly on Facebook. Now let's get back to it. I'm Ryan. As you've grown numerous businesses, you obviously, I mean, you, you've taken yourself away from a number of successful businesses now, obviously because there's key leaders in place now. So what, what type of advice do you give to someone that you've identified as a, as a leader and they're going into it their first time? Yeah, you've you got to get to the point where you uh, let go. I think Adam Smith, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, the fastest way to, to expedite wealth creation is through the division of labor. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, a, it's an amazing quote because uh, the way to even grow your – if you want to go from a 60 grand to – 200 grand, the fastest way to get there is to get other people to help you and to let go of some things, right? If you want to go from 200 grand to 2 million to 10 million, 100%, you can't, for the most part, most places, you can't do that yourself. And so I've had to learn to let go, let people run things, let people make mistakes, and also just have disagreements with my leadership teams that run my businesses now. Uh, they've really run them. I, I, I learned this from Dan Sullivan. So shout out to Dan Sullivan and Strategic Coach. Have you ever had him on your podcast? Not yet, but maybe uh, love to love to have an introduction for sure. He's an amazing guy. He's actually he's from Chicago, but I think he has a place in Toronto. Uh, but I love what he says about as you start to grow businesses and and have other people run them, you should act like a grandparent. And I'm not one yet, but I see my grandparents come in or my wife's parents come and, and they or take care of our kids, and it's like you should come in and have fun with them and and uh, do things, but you can't tell your you know, you should, my parents can't tell me how to parent my kids. Mm-hmm. It would piss me off. Um, I need to act that way with my businesses so that I just got out of a gathering meeting. And I kind of 
I, I flew in and I told them some things and I could tell that they were uncomfortable. And then I had to remind myself, this isn't my business anymore. Even though I own it, I put people in place to run it. Right. They need to run it the way they're going to. And at the end of the day, one day, if they actually come and ask me for advice, I'll give it to them. But right now they, they're, they're making mistakes and they're having success and it's scary. <laughs> and I'm sure as a grandparent, you look at your kid and maybe my parents look at me and say, oh, I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't do this. But my parents don't. They don't bother with that. They just come in and have fun with the kids and then they leave. And I think that's, it's an interesting way to look at it as a uh, owner, but not operator anymore as you move on. And I think even as a CEO of a company, Mm -hmm. if you have an executive team and you're just, you know, putting your fingers in their pie all the time, you're just not going to, you're not going to win. Even my team here, I just don't talk to them. I think to a point, I think sometimes they feel maybe, alone, but I'm doing it on purpose because I want to see what they can do on their own because th- that is how we'll scale uh, if they're actually, you know, figuring it out themselves. If I just continue to figure out, I, I did that for the first 10 years of my life and I didn't scale. As soon as I started letting go, my earning power 10 times probably. And uh, I had more fun. That's amazing. And I love, I love, I love the story and how you related it to actually grandparents. I mean, that's the first time I heard it. Yeah, I've stole, it's a, it's a pure ripoff from Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan. It's uh we got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. That, that's another, Hey, that's a total side note. It's another thing I used to do not on purpose. And sometimes on purpose, I wanted to sound smart or, and I would never give credit to people that I actually learned it from. And I, I just, it's so wrong and it's so, okay you're not you don't look dumber because you got something from someone else anyways it's total tangent but for those listening that think you need to just give credit to people that you've learned from and dan sullivan's definitely one i've learned from and i use a lot of his stuff in my content and i try to make sure i give him a shout out well 100 percent. and and ryan that's my welcome to my life i may i may sound amazing but it's really everyone that i have on here and i learn from each one of you right so <laughs> it's definitely a great platform personally for me to to really learn it and really understand that so i mean and that's a great story about letting go and let, letting your leaders grow as well so what are you doing today to continually grow and develop as a leader yeah so um i mentioned strategic coach i i uh, go to that quarterly mm-hmm. uh in chicago i and i i, I on purpose took because they're in toronto la different places i definitely on purpose took Chicago because uh, it get me. It's a it's a long flight for me. It gets me out of town, and it's I. I'm just working on myself, and I actually have my books uh, in front of me around the, the program, and I'm I'm constantly learning. The books in front of me right now is uh, the 10x Mind Expander. So talking about my thinking and my performance and how I can. Uh, I think my next level of growth isn't through me working hard or I already work hard. It's how I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, then it talks about uh, the four C's formula. So confidence, commitment, capability, courage. Uh, and then there's just this whole program. So I, it costs a lot of money to go to these things. So I, uh, I pay a lot of money to go learn. And then I, I just, I, I just put myself out there um, into new things like Communo uh, where I actually have no clue what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I've never built a platform before. So it, forces to me to be curious and it forces me if I'm going to be the CEO of this company, I, it's, it's okay to say at the beginning, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can't say that forever. Right. So I need to um, build, I'm building the airplane as I'm flying it. And I, but I need to be the, I need to be up front. And so uh, my office here is stacked with books and I'm a, I'm a voracious reader and just uh, 
I, I just need to always be learning. And it's easy to say that, but it's just like, I'm just constantly, it's like my oxygen. I get in the car, there's a podcast on about something else. I know I get to the office, I'm learning. I don't make enough time for it, to be honest. Yeah. I should, I should take more. No for sure. I, I think I should, in my 10, I usually work about a 10 to 12 hour day on, on average. Sometimes I work stupid hours and sometimes I work less. <laughs> but this is, this is for the average listener there, leader. I think you should, uh, 10 hours is a good amount of time to work. 100%. Uh, 12 is stretching. 10, I think I should be spending two hours that time, especially if you're in leadership and not doing. I should be reading and, and I don't do it. I'm, I'm nowhere close to that but I try. Well, you and I both for sure. So I, I know you're just talking about, you know, being surrounded by books. Are there any like two or three books that you're currently reading or maybe the ones that you always look back to when you need some inspiration or, or some type of motivation? Yeah. yeah I think my, my favorite book that changed my life for those listening that are in the um, uh, marketing space is a book called win without pitching. Mm-hmm. And the author's name is Blair ends. Another amazing guest you should have on. He has a podcast called the two bobs. I can make an intro for you. Um, I, uh, more of a funny book, uh, and uh, just for your listeners, because it would be a lie as well. I do read a lot, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So then I say, I'm reading this, but I'm actually listening to it, which is the same thing. I think it's faster. But uh, Born Born a Crime uh, by Trevor Noah is an amazing book about overcoming. And uh, he's got an – I don't know if you know him or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watch his, yeah. uh, his show. And then I, 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 I'm reading a book called Raising Girls. Very cool. <laughs> I, have two, I have two girls. So I have one girl, uh, so I'll I, probably read that one right now. Yeah, Raising Girls is a great book. Um, and uh, I want to be not my number one gold star in life if I'm because I'm an overachiever. My gold star is that when my girls are hopefully early on, but when they're 10, 12, 13, that they're like, they have a connection with their dad. I don't need to be their best friend. I just like to be respected by them. Right. And so uh, that's my, that's my uh, goal in life. But then I, I surrounded by books, five dysfunction of, the, of a team, high <laughs> growth handbook. Like I literally have like 20 on the go that I read like three chapters of. And I, another person I listen to is Naval. I don't know his last name. He's, he started angel list. Right. Anyways, but he, he, I was listening to one of his periscopes or a podcast or maybe it was a tweet or something, but he's just like, maybe it made me feel okay about it. But it's like, it's just, especially for entrepreneurs, like I have like 18 books in the go. And I've read like 2% of all of them. It's fine because the ones I find, the, the three I mentioned to you at the start are ones that I actually caught my attention. And I dug into. Right. And I, I used to have this guilt about, I got all these books I haven't read. Well, they didn't catch my attention. I tried and it's okay to move on. So those listeners, a little one-on-one time with Ryan Gill here. It's okay to not finish books. I And I totally agree because I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to books. I have like, currently four are open right now <laughs> and i and i read one when i when i when i get to it and then sometimes i even skip chapters so uh, but but specific for my two authors if those are listening because this is my uh, i i have, i'm an expert in marketing and advertising mm-hmm. if you are to read two books in that business it's win without pitching and pricing creativity so search those out. Will do. And and we'll definitely list that on the, the episode site as well. So I appreciate you for sharing that, Ryan. Um, quick fun question, and this is something that you know some some of my guests get surprised by or are prepared to answer as well. Um, if I were to ask any of your team, I know some of your teams are in the room right now, maybe your colleagues, business partners, you know, present or past. What's the best leadership quality that Ryan possessed? What do you think they would say? 
yeah, easy. I, I'm just a build. I'm a starter and a builder. Um, that it, from zero to one is like where my strength is. So an idea, I, I call ideas zero because everyone has them. Mm-hmm. But I can take it from zero to one to say, okay, here's how it's going to be. I can build frameworks. I can help you with pricing. I can uh, get the first few customers. That's where I excel. As soon as it gets to two, I start to lose. I would say two to ten percent of building the company to its full growth stage uh, through, I guess, so I can take care of a baby and maybe bring it through. It's like toddler and adolescent years, but then I start to fade. I hope I don't do this in my real life. (laughs) (laughs) I start to fade as a get, they get into its teenage years or even like, so so I'm really good. Zero to one. I say really zero, not just one year, but getting it from idea to actual business where you get your first customer. I'm really strong there, but once it starts getting past there, I'm just not good. And that, that's something I had to wrestle with my whole life until probably the last three to four years, maybe five years. I'm not sure what, when I turned the corner, I should probably remember that time. It might be actually with, with cults or maybe seven years ago, I turned the corner to say, listen, I'm a, I'm really good at that part. And I'm, I'm okay with being a starter because I used to think, and maybe your listeners there are entrepreneurs and most entrepreneurs are like this, that you get um, your ADD mm-hmm. almost by default. You get bored with things. And I used to think that was flaky where, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I can only get things going. I can't run them. I'm not a builder or I'm not an op- or I'm a builder. I'm not an operator. Mm-hmm. And I just got over that recently. Uh, and recent for me is like multiple years, but uh, I'm just okay with that. And um, that doesn't mean you can't run a P&L and you can't run a business. I obviously can't have done that, but I'm just better at the beginning. So I think that's what they would say about me. No, that's amazing. And that's real important for entrepreneurs, businesses, really understanding where your strengths are. And sometimes it takes time, right? Because it sounds like to sounds like to me, it took you a while and you struggled with it, right? And when you actually said, this is it, this is what I'm going to be and this is who I am, like, you know, your superpowers come out, right? Um, so, and, and like, also like what I'm good at doesn't mean what I'm it's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think some people tried to put me in a box of being a business development or a salesperson, which I, I actually was good at and I'm still good at it, but it's, I don't actually, actually drains me of energy. So uh, on purpose in my new startup, I like avoid those, those people at my company. Cause it, the reason why is uh, if I help them, it will hide their weakness. Right. Right. Cause I'm good at it, but I don't like doing it. So I'm letting them, uh, you know, and I'll say that again, just because you're good at it doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. Uh, if it doesn't, if, if you're good at it and it drains you of your energy, you'll still have to go there. I think and early in your career, if people that are in their first, I think decade of their career, mm-hmm. if you're good at something, do that. You need to do that. You need to build, but then you can go to your next level. I think you need to put in the, the 10,000 hour rule, 10 years of doing yep. it. Uh, but, but I think uh, once you move past that, I think you should go to what you love to do and it, what gives you energy every day. And, uh, listen, I've been in business now almost 20 years. I still have those days where I have to go back and do stuff I don't like to do all the time. But I think if you can live in that world of just your unique ability, wow, it's exciting. No, hundred percent. Well, I mean, I'm having a blast, Ryan. And I know, I mean, thank you for sharing a lot of the aspects in terms of what you're currently doing, you know, some of the struggles you had, but, uh, I mean, before we end, I want to just find out what else is going on. Like, I, I mean, I feel like we just 
just scrape the top of you and you and, and the things you're doing. But are there any, <laughs> any other special project initiatives or anything fun that you're like you're super excited about? Maybe so excited that you're about to lose some sleep about it. Yeah, I'm always excited. I'll talk about three things. I'm always excited about the gathering, even though I stepped mm-hmm. away. Going into the sixth year, uh, as I step further and further away, I get more and more excited because it's like a surprise to me how it's going to go. Because even though I start in the early years, I knew every single detail. When I get there now, it's like, oh, the screen's cool. Like the, I'm big on the small stuff, the production. So I'm excited about that for your guests. Maybe we can do an offer for your guests actually today on the show. Um, I think tickets are like fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. What I'll do for like a limited time is like uh, we can maybe send out a code in the notes. So I'll give 500 bucks off today. They're probably going to kill me for this, but um, <laughs> off the tickets before they sell out, uh, we'll send a code out for like maybe the whenever you post this for a week. Okay. So I'm really excited with that. We have this year, uh, we have coming to the event. Um, it, it's a, an amazing lineup, Porsche. Uh, the leadership of Porsche is coming, uh, the president of the LA Lakers, the CMO of Marvel. We have the leadership of Cheetos. We have the leadership of no- the North I mean, Face. I need to get all these people on my podcast soon. Yeah, we have the leadership of M&M's. <laughs> uh, we have the leadership of Lush. Um, so there, it's a, an amazing lineup. We have Cat Cole coming, who's uh, an amazing story from going from meeting the Hooters uh, server to being the president of Hooters to moving on and selling a stake in that to going on to uh, – running a, a massive focus, a company called Focus Brands that owns Cinnabon. So she talks about her journey of woman power. Um, so they're just amazing. Uh, it's exciting. Last year, Brene Brown headlined the event, but this year's going to be even better. That's number one thing I'm excited about the most. Uh, I'm excited and terrified, scared shitless, if you're allowed to swear yeah. on this podcast, <laughs> about raising. I've never, I've always built my companies organically. I'm true entrepreneurs, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. never really went. VC route. So I'm scared and terrified about going into my series A raise of 10 to $15 million, but that's happening in the next three months. Uh, for those investors listening, line up <laughs> uh, because there, there already is a lineup of people that are there. I want to get the right investors uh, for this amazing startup that's been growing exponentially. And then the third thing, uh, like I need something else that I'm excited about is I'm writing my second book. My first book is on Amazon. It's called Fix. Uh, it's called Break the Addiction, Killing Brands. It talks about our over-dependence and reliance for brand people to, to just uh, try to buy customers and, and bribe them through advertising, mm-hmm. which were the best companies in the world. The ones we love actually earn the trust and love of their customers so much so that they tattoo them on their uh, their body. And that takes a different, very different playbook than 95% of uh, businesses uh, take and, and use. And so I wrote a book with that three years ago called mm-hmm. Fix. My next book, the working title right now, uh, it'll be out in February. It's called Community Inc. And it's really uh, around that around communal. It's not about communal, but it's about uh, the basically the rise of the, of the gig worker, the contingent worker that I think over the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to see a complete change in how uh, work gets done. And, uh, we could have a lot of empty office towers. Uh, I think they'll get used for other stuff, but people are going to work for themselves, but not by themselves. And so you'll see this big rise in marketplaces. Uh, and so that's what that book's about. So that, that's those are some exciting things on my horizon. Trying to run four companies as well. <laughs> well, you know what? 
when the book comes up, be sure to let me know so we can share out that information. Love to get you, yeah. love to help you get you on, you know, the bestseller list as well. And I'm excited for you and everything that you're doing as well. But to close, Ryan, can you tell us where we can find more information about you, Camino, you know, the events or anything else you want to share with yes. us today? Yeah, you can overdose. You can overdose on Ryan Gill uh, at Ryan Gill Shares. Uh, my handle's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, I do a lot of native content on LinkedIn, but it's just Ryan Gill Shares. Uh, I put out an, uh, an ungodly amount of content every every day, and uh, hopefully uh, your listeners can tune in there and, and check it awesome. out. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely listening in, and, and keep it up, Ryan. I really appreciate the work that you do and the motivate and you know the inspiration that you're putting out there. But I do appreciate your time for joining us again on the Business Leadership Podcast. Have a great one. You too, man. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. This was episode number 86 with Ryan Gill. If you want to learn more about Ryan, Communo, or anything else we discussed, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 086. Our sponsors today are Pungle, a business payment solution that helps remove business payment friction by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Please join me on my free private Facebook group called The Business Leadership Group, where I share daily insights, I'll answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. And if you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.